It's time to go outside and look up into the sky unless that beautiful sunrise this morning has already fleeted out of the sky. I don't know if you guys saw that driving into work this morning. Maybe you did, maybe maybe you didn't. But my gosh, we all went outside and looked up into the heavens and it was beautiful. We'll share those photos um, in just a couple minutes and get the show ready. And I am here's the deal. I am fired up this morning for a couple different reasons. Um, only because in my mind, we are to Friday. You guys know how fraudulent my thinking is when it comes to the end of the weekend. And as we push through the week, which is by Thursday, it kind of feels like we're on the precipice of Friday and Friday's easy. So it's the weekend. But really what is firing me up this morning is I feel like we're doing something in the city. You know, I feel like when we talk to many of our listeners, when we talk to many of those that help us with the daily operations here, when I talk to management at uh, Starnes Media Group and KWAM, and guys, I'm going to just real quick let you know, I'm hearing a lot of reverb in my ear, so just let me know what I need to do. I can get through. Believe me, I can talk. We'll be fine, but we might cut to break and come back. There's been a lot of momentum, and it started with us employing and deploying so many of our great citizen journalists to be the eyes and ears of Memphis. You report that back to us, and we share that with the greater community. Our public officials are listening, and every day it feels like we're getting stronger and there's more accountability every single day. Well, yesterday, one of our listeners sent me some information that I thought was very interesting, and it came from... A nonprofit down in Florida. It's called the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. And what they've done through the last couple of years is looked at every rogue prosecutor across the country. And the one thing they wanted to know as they looked into these rogue prosecutors, whether it be LA, New York, Oakland, California, is their backing from one guy. And that would be billionaire George Soros. And I think for a lot of people, we just assume that our district attorney is a George Soros-backed and funded DA. But is he actually? Because he, on the campaign trail, said, hell no. I never accepted any money from George Soros. Well, this nonprofit, the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund, claimed differently. And so we started doing our research And it blew up on social media. A lot of people were sharing it around because what they found on this map of about 70 district attorneys and prosecutors in this land that we had one of these George Soros backed district attorneys, Steve Moroy. And I'm not shocked, but I should have been. I didn't expect that he was funding this guy to the extent that he was. I mean, you've got to think about the race of 2022 between former district attorney Amy Wyrick, the incumbent, and D.A. Mulroy. I mean, he was a wacky, crooked law professor over at the University of Memphis, and he won that race in, in a landslide. It wasn't even close. But if you recall, he was landing these endorsements by Amy Schumer, John Legend, the singer out in California. What the hell is John Legend doing in Memphis politics? And everybody started thinking, well, could it be George Soros? So the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund, they did their receipts. They checked them, found out that 
they've sent over and forked over about $600,000 to the district attorney's race when he was running and he was a candidate. So we released that on our social media pages. The next morning, guess who's picked up this story about every local media TV station in town? (laughs) That feels good. There's heat there. And the guy has to respond to a lot of people, not just angry citizens that don't want a rogue prosecutor releasing violent criminals out onto the streets because that was George Soros' plan with his pact and now his son has taken over it. They want to destroy the country. The way to do that is to destroy cities. So they've done that. It is now here in Memphis. A lot of people are very upset about that. Now the local journalists are being fact-checked by KWAM reporters and are you guys out there. So now the heat has been ratcheted up and they go straight to the DA's office. And here was Channel 5 last night running with this headline because they are going to get to the bottom of this is George Soros backing our district attorney. Take a listen, cut four. They're called Soros DAs, top prosecutors in major cities across the U.S. whose campaigns receive generous donations from George Soros or PACs, political action committees linked to Soros. Conservatives say these Soros DAs are soft on crime and destroying American communities. Here's what DA Mulroy said when I asked him. Are you a Soros DA? The answer is no. I did not receive any uh, Soros money. Um, I reject the label of being a a Soros DA. During a December Zoom interview, Action News 5 asked Steve Mulroy if his campaign for Shelby County District Attorney received any money from George Soros, a billionaire who for years now has been pouring millions into local elections to reshape America's justice system. You know, think about this, Joyce. In 2022, during the campaign, a half a million dollars was spent to falsely portray me as a left-wing radical who wants to let violent criminals out on the streets and defund the police. Not a single one of those things was true. They were true. You are a radical district attorney that wants to release violent criminals, in his words, out onto the streets and defund the police. Everything that the quote-unquote right-wing media was falsely portraying him as turned out to be 100% accurate. So in all fairness to Channel 5 and Joyce Peterson, which I believe is an actual journalist, um, and she does great reporting, she looked through the receipts of these packs because if you just type in George Soros and D.A. Mulroy, you're probably not going to find anything. You will find other people like Amy Schumer, that forked over her deep pockets, which again, why is Amy Schumer invested in Memphis politics and public safety? I don't get it. You also have people like attorney Barry Sheck, OJ uh, of OJ Simpson. Then you had uh, John Grisham. These are all people, uh, Jay-Z's entertainment company. They sent over a massive amount of money. So all of these billionaires and millionaires across the country were very invested in Memphis, Tennessee. Though they probably couldn't even find it on a map. Okay, that's maybe stretching it. But you get my drift. So when you look at the receipts and you look close at the receipts, you'll find a pack called People of Fairness and Justice. And that is George Soros's pact. And again, I'll give Channel 5 a little bit of credit because they found that there was a contribution of over $280,000 from George Soros, this radical leftist, 
that invested in our district attorney's race. So what on earth, D.A. Mulroy, are you talking about or you're just lying to us? Because you doubled down on what you said back on the campaign trail, which is I've never received any money from George Soros. Well, you received it through his PAC. So shut up and quit gaslighting the American people and Memphians. So I guess they bought a lot of T-shirts with George Soros money. They spent about $60,000 on radio and TV ads. That came from, oh, this gives me the chills. I just, the fact that we had George Soros this invested in Memphis politics, and now we're in the state that we are in, it makes me so livid. $81,000 used to pay for the political consultant class, used to fund that. No wonder it was a campaign based on Amy Wyrick being racist. That was literally the pillar of that campaign. Not what he was going to do for Memphis and actually solving the crime problem, but to make everything equal in the eyes of justice. So he released a statement after they ran this piece. And he wants to clear up the air. Because again, he is still alleging that he is not in the pocket of George Soros. That is untrue. Here's what he had to say. My campaign did not receive any contributions from George Soros. The People for Fairness and Justice group you referred to is a local independent PAC that made independent expenditures, a common practice in campaigns on both sides. Due to legal restrictions, I had no knowledge of their actions as coordination between our campaign and independent groups is prohibited. Now, the other group you mentioned, and that would be what we just talked about, which is the LDF. He said they are a far-right D.C. area organization expressing disappointment over their candidate's Amy Wyrick's loss. It's worth noting that they might not fully be aware that our office has prosecuted more violent criminals than any other office in Tennessee. Well, first of all, that's because we are the only city in Tennessee with criminals. (laughs) Or that many criminals. So he got caught with his pants down. And he got caught in the pants of George Soros. And now he's freaking out. And guess who did that? You guys in KWAM. Because now everybody else is making this a story. And it wouldn't have been a story without our great listeners and honest reporting. For far too long, these rogue prosecutors and those in our criminal court system, believe me, I'm on to the judges next, have gotten away being skeezy and crooked. No longer. I mean, genuinely, I've had many people come up to Todd and I and and thank us. And this is not about KWAM and this is not about two people or our staff here. It's about our relationship with our listeners and the audience. And many times they've said, we did not have this before Todd moved back from New York from Fox and bought this station because there will be some in this market that claim to be conservatives. They're not. Look at who they hang out with. They want to be friends with the people in power. Todd and me, we don't care because we are power. You guys are power. It is powerful when we have the truth on our side. I don't need to be invited to cocktail parties when we have the truth. That makes me sleep well at night. Wonder if it makes the other people in town that are just snoozing and boozing around with all of these high society people feel good when our when our city and our county is going to hell. 
We'd love to hear from you guys this morning. 901-260-5926. Can we slip in a quick call? Let's go to Peter real quick in South Haven. Peter, you are on the phone lines this morning. Thanks for joining the morning show. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, man. Hey, I was uh, listening to everything you said. I agree. I agree with it. Uh, Mulroy took money. What was it? The uh, the, uh, the the Soros Open Society. Is that the, the, the Open Societies when they were talking about that? But I, I saw on that bridge protest. I don't know. Did you see him? Did you see Mulroy's kid out there? There is, there are some reports and there were some rumors flying around. I was on the bridge and I cannot say that I saw the daughter of Steve Mulroy on the bridge, but there are some, I heard it was his son and he was out there, Ben, you couldn't miss him. He was bare butt neck. I don't want to go too far out on a limb and say that we were trolled and pranked, but I think that was actually someone in the radio market. Just saying. That is very upset that we are crushing it right now in the ratings. And that's all I'll say on that. But would love to hear from you guys. 901-260-5926. Our number again, 901-260-5926. You're listening to live radio where anything can happen. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the morning show. <laughs> this has been this has been a wild, wild morning. Did I wake up this morning? Everything has happened this morning. Believe me, it started well beyond just jumping on air. I was driving down Poplar Avenue and I realized I forgot my laptop. So I had to drive all the way back down to my apartment and get the laptop, get into the studio. Then we were, I, I, it looked like we were out of coffee. We weren't, thank God. It's just been a morning. And then, you know, it's always an interesting day when you know that the quote-unquote other guys in the radio market listen to your show. And we knew they are, you know, because there are other shows that are going on right now that are unbearable. Frankly, it's difficult to listen to. So we knew not only is the entire city of Memphis listening, but other hosts of other shows on other stations also listen to The Morning Show because there is a lot of quote-unquote radio plagiarism going on because we break all the stories in town and that is a result of our listeners. So I say all of that to say that little thing that you heard at the end, that was actually someone on the competition, quote unquote competition, trying to troll all of us, I guess. I don't know. I'm just thankful that they listen, right? You can call in. I don't care. Tell us who you are. Don't be that person because it really speaks to your character and the lack of morals that you have. And, and join the KWAM family. Even those that want to destroy KWAM. We're a pretty tolerant group over here. That love the truth and love our listeners. Alright, so let's move on to a letter that was being sent over to the mayor's office. I had heard about this. Some rumblings that not only was State Senator Brent Taylor getting ready to sign another letter. Send it to either the state or our local partners, which would be the mayor, but also John Gillespie, the Republican here in West Tennessee. And, and he's been sitting on the sidelines. I, you guys know my relationship with John Gillespie has had some hiccups only because we really, really helped him when he was running for election. Then he won. And then we called him out on a couple things when he went after guns. Cause again, we are Republicans and I pushed back that you can't, fire inside the tent 
we just call balls and strikes. So that's exactly what we did with John Gillespie. He got angry. And, you know, I think we're cordial. But I'm right now trying to get him back on the morning show. So I had heard that he was, you know, ratcheting up his pressure on the local government here to do something about crime. So the letter comes out on Monday, and here's what it said. It was sent from his office, and it was sent over to the office of Mayor Paul Young. And here is what he had to say. I am writing on behalf of our shared constituents to express my deep concern and frustration regarding the alarming crime epidemic in Memphis. It is crucial for our city's leadership, including the Memphis Police Department and the Memphis City Council, to take immediate and effective action to address this urgent problem. Lawlessness has crippled our city and left the people of Memphis feeling increasingly vulnerable and unsafe as they go about their daily lives. Our families, our schools, and business owners are being held hostage by the constant threat of violence with no end in sight. Crime has negatively impacted every aspect of our life in our city. He adds this, we cannot continue on this path. So this is what he's asking. I beg you. As our city's top leader to prioritize public safety, take decisive, immediate measures to combat crime. Our city deserves the commitment of its leaders to uphold and enforce our laws. Our citizens deserve to live free from fear. I welcome collaboration and candid discussion about how we can achieve our shared goals and vision for Memphis. So that coming from the office of John Gillespie. I I appreciate the urgency in this letter. I find it interesting that we are now, I guess, on our knees begging elected officials, public servants to do their job. It is their job. We should not be begging you to do your job. You should just be doing your job. And if you're not doing your job, we must hold you accountable. I wish we would have done that at the ballot box, but we didn't. You guys have been writing in this morning, and I'll read some of your comments referring to this letter that John Gillespie sent over. Melinda writes this, Memphis is going to reap what they voted in. It's ridiculous that they arrest and release, keep them in jail and out in people's cars, businesses, and homes. Vernon writes this, Steve Mulroy is not going to indict the protesters for blocking the I-40 bridge on Saturday and bragging that he heard his comrades caused economic damage of $20 million per hour. That is related to crime but slightly off topic um and then many people just saying why are we begging anybody to do their job especially the mayor of this city and it's a fair question i last checked he is a state representative and the state house right now is controlled by a super majority of republicans what they say kind of goes and that's the power of being in tennessee even though we are in dark blue shelby county And that's what I need these lawmakers in the West Tennessee delegation to get. Mark White, John Gillespie, Brent Taylor, he gets it. You have the backing of the state. And if you have the backing of Governor Bill Lee, Cameron Sexton, the House Speaker, the Senate Majority Leader, Jack Johnson, you're going to be fine. Even if you are shouted down by people like Hunter Dempster and the Antifa mob, you'll be fine, John Gillespie. Stick your neck out there and do it for your constituents. Do it for folks like this White Haven restaurant owner. Excuse me. I saw this. Local 24 had the audio. He just opened his store again. We know White Haven has been plagued and riddled with crime. He says that for the last 
four years, his shop has been broken into seven times. Seven. How do you do business? I would have been out of Whitehaven after two times. Here's what he had to say. Cut number two. I consider Whitehaven the Harlem of Memphis. And you got a lot of prideful business owners here. You got a lot of youthful business owners here. And we're striving to keep our community together. To date, we've been broken to seven times. Um, we've been here since May 19, 2019. Can you imagine? And we've talked to so many people in Whitehaven. I mean, we just had Melanie Mosley on the show last Friday with Whitehaven Republicans. And she said when she is out in that zip code and in that area, they are just desperate for help, for assistance. And this should not be political. They are business owners and we need a vital business core to have a city. And the way that we are acting right now. And when I listen to these press conferences and you guys, I go down to City Hall and I'm like trying to get something like, are we going to be okay? Because we have everybody, we have the police chief, we have the district attorney, we have the mayor, we have everybody. And we hear the same old, same old. It's not working. It's not working for this Whitehaven restaurant owner. It's not working for the family that is grieving their grandma that was shot in North Memphis. So let's act like the crisis that it is. All right, and get to work. 901-260-5926. Again, taking your calls, comments this morning. Give us a shout. We'd love to talk. 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. On the other side, Steve Gill dropping by. A lot more coming up on the show. And welcome back to the morning show. Our number two is going to be super fun. Super Bowl right around the corner. And you guys know you go all out for your Super Bowl parties. So we pulled in the founder and creator of Arbos Cheese Dip. He's a veteran. He is such a cool dude. Guy's name is Andrew. He's going to be hanging out in studio. Actually, his cheese dip was just highlighted at the CMAs. It's went national. And it's in every grocery store, not just the local ones, but like the big box store grocery stores, Walmart, Kroger, everybody has Arbo's cheese dip. The founder drops in at 820. Maybe we ask him about his secret for the best cheese dip for the Super Bowl party. I can I can probably promise you he's not going to give that away, but we'll try. We will absolutely try. Let's go talk to Steve Gill, my good friend over there. Steve, welcome back to the morning show. How are you? I'm good, and and it you know you're making my mouth water, but it it's not just the cheese, and you got to have the perfect cheese, which they've got. And it's got to be the right chips. They can't be too thick. They can't be too thin. That they can't handle the the dip. The chips are are the other half of the equation that you've got to be able to nail perfectly. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. All right, so I wanted to ask you about this. So it's no secret that we have a district attorney that is backed by George Soros. Um, he will deny that, but we came out with a big story yesterday, KWAM, and now the local media are picking up, and now the district attorney has had to respond to KWAM and our listeners holding him accountable. Are you in the pocket of George Soros? Because you had a nonprofit, and he's calling them a right-wing not, not, uh, 
nonprofit, excuse me. It's the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. And what they found is he is one of the 70 George Soros-backed and funded DAs in this country, receiving more than $600,000 connected to the billionaire. But you guys over in Nashville, there were two dots in Tennessee. It was us and it was you guys. I have a question. What is the end goal for people like George Soros? Is it really social justice or is it to destroy us all? Well, I think certainly the result is to destroy us all. I can't understand the motivation other than to produce the result that they're getting. Because as as the old adage, you know, if you keep doing the same thing that doesn't work, you got to be an idiot. Um, you know that that uh, um, doing the same thing with the same bad results is is what they're producing, and they just keep doubling down, tripling down. And we've seen, you know, in Nashville, our district attorney, good guy, but just, you know, a complete liberal. But he's having to cater to the voters in the other dark blue voting district in the state of Tennessee. So, again, Democrats, whether it's Chicago, whether it's New York, whether it's Oakland, whether it's San Francisco, just keep putting the same people and the same policies in place time and time again and and then complain about the results without making a change. You know, I've I've tried to think about this long and hard because you see places like Oakland, California, San Francisco. It's just desolate. And why, when given a chance to vote in change, do you see these demographics and these populations vote for the same thing? You're right. It's the definition of insanity. But I think as far as the devious nature of why you would have a district attorney like ours that is actively destroying people. And the policies implemented in this DA's office is actually killing more black Memphians than we've ever seen. I think if you terrorize a group of people, I mean, you make them scared. Where do they go to? They typically go to Big Brother or the big government. Excuse me. Right. They typically feel helpless. And in times of helplessness, they look up. And that's all that these people in power want is that the populace would be completely dependent on them because if that's the case, they can do anything. Well, and we have trained people, you know, in the path of of government dependence. And and you know, this this is not a sexist comment. It's just a matter of look at the demographics. Black women are the most dependable largest demographic that consistently votes Democrat every election because the Democrats for several generations have promised will give you free stuff. So you have 70, 80, 85% illegitimacy rates in the black community, which means single moms are raising their kids with money provided by the government, food provided by the government, health care provided by the government, public schools, lousy as they are, provided by the mm-hmm. government. So these women are dependent upon the flow of government being the baby daddy for the most part. And, and therefore they vote to, to, to get the continued support of the baby daddy because the real baby daddies are not providing any economic support. Now you're starting to see a breakdown uh, in that trend among black males. Uh, the, the you know, traditionally again, black males vote at a lower rate uh, than black females in part because of the high incarceration rate, which means that the, uh, uh, African-Americans who've been convicted of a felony aren't allowed to vote, but you have black males voting at a lower rate than the black females. Uh, and yet they're starting to pull away from the government plantation because they're seeing, particularly those that are employed, trying to make a living, trying yep. to make a difference for their family, 
they're seeing the results. They're, wa- they're walking away, Steve, and it's incredible to see. I, I've seen those trends. But how do we pull the black women who are, you know, again, the, not all black women. I mean, and, but no, because it's also white women in that age. I, I hear what you're Same saying, thing. but it's white Same women thing. as well. They are literally the core voting block for the Democratic Party. What on earth? I don't. Steve, I don't frankly understand that. Maybe it's because I'm not a woman, but a lot of my friends are not voting for Democrats. And in Memphis, they're the ones most vulnerable to the crime. I know. In these major cities, women are the biggest victims. And yet, you know, let's keep putting, you know, big daddy Democrats in charge and, and suffer the consequences. I have great sympathy. I have great compassion for those who are victims of crime in Memphis, for example. But dude, y'all keep voting to put the same people yeah. in and make it worse and worse with, you know, you know, the catch and release DAs. And, and Soros hasn't just put DAs like Memphis and Nashville and other cities in place. He also, a few years ago, started targeting state attorney generals, which you've seen in the major yeah. states, putting the same policies in statewide as he was using the test case of electing them at the local level. All right. Speaking of Americans just be being blind and not actually looking with their own eyes at the truth, look no further than the conflict in Ukraine that has really no end. Um, it will be an endless war. We know that unless someone actually exposes the truth of what's going on in Ukraine, which is why Tucker Carlson went to Russia to talk to the other side. I mean, every mainstream media network in this country, they've sat down with Zelensky. So they're only talking to one side. So we're only getting one side of the story. Anyways, Tucker Carlson, he goes over to Russia here was him explaining his trip. I want you to take a listen to this and cut 10. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again. But this time, we came to Moscow anyway. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States. And we want it to remain prosperous and free. So the mainstream media, as you know, they're losing their mind. People like Hillary Clinton, she was on MSNBC. I think this is what she had to say. Cut number nine, please. I mean, he's like a puppy dog. You know, he somehow has, after having been fired from so many outlets in the United States, he, uh, I would not be surprised uh, if he emerges with a contract with outlet because he is a useful idiot. He says things that are not true. He parrots Vladimir Putin's uh, pack of lies about Ukraine. Uh, so I don't see why Putin wouldn't give him an interview because through him, he can, you know, continue to lie about what his, you know, objectives are in Ukraine and, and uh, you know, what he expects to see happen. It's really quite sad that not just somebody like Tucker Carlson, who has, as I said, been fired so many times because he seems unable to, you know, correlate his uh, reporting with the truth, um, but also because... He, it's a sign that there are people in this country right now who are like a fifth column for Vladimir Putin. And why? I don't know. I mean, why are certain Republicans throwing their lot in? All right, Steve, I'll let you take a stab at it for sake of time. Lies like, uh, you know, the Russia hoax that Hillary funded. What are the lies that Tucker Carlson is telling? Uh, now, what we do have is people like Hillary Clinton and the Democrats and some Republicans who are just fawning 
over Vladimir Zelensky as the example of democracy we need. This is the Vladimir Zelensky who has canceled elections, who has shut down opposition political parties, who has shut down independent news media that he does not control, and he's gone on the, the attack of the Russian Orthodox Church. And this is the guy they herald as the kind of leader of democracy that we need. Yeah. Keep in mind that just this week, um, Zelensky has indicated he wants to take parts of Russia that he says were historically part of Ukraine. Ukraine was a creation after World War II. There is no real Ukraine. But now he wants to expand the war he's losing to trying to take territory from Russia that is part of Russia. Uh, so, yeah, let's just expand the war so he can continue to get funds. Look, uh, you know, Ben, I was in um, uh, in Ukraine and Russia back in September. I was in the eastern portion of Ukraine in, in the Donbass region, Donetsk, Luhansk, this area that uh, has been taken back by Russia, people who identify as Russian, who speak Russian, not Ukrainian. And I didn't see anybody from CNN, Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, when Crimea was casting their first votes, and I was there as an election and, and political observer, when Crimea was casting their first votes 10 years ago, all those news agencies were there. And yet nobody is covering the yeah. um, Ukrainian-Russia side of this conflict. Oh, they'll put, they'll put embed reporters with Hamas, a terrorist group in Gaza, but they won't put reporters to actually report what's going on. Tucker Carlson is a hero. He is a real journalist. Uh, and, and the left didn't have any problem with Barbara Walters and, and Oliver Stone and all of their leftist reporters were interviewing Putin. Or yeah. when CNN interviewed um, uh, Saddam Hussein and these sorts of guys, but, but by gosh, Tucker talking uh, to get the real truth and share right. it. He's, he's a traitor. Well, and, and and we've got a scoop, but look at how they fawned over Gavin Newsom when Xi Jinping yeah. from China, the dictator, came to America. I mean, they were basically, I mean, in bed together, much less an interview between the two, right? But when Tucker speaks to Putin, it is espionage, and we need to actually... He's going to break the internet tonight. I think he had 263 million watches interview Heck with yeah. Donald Trump. He will double that with the Putin interview, and it's going to be uncut, unedited. People will actually be able to see and hear the truth, not in the edited. We're going to contort it to, to make it fit our uh, fit our agenda. And again, you know, I think I mentioned to you the other day, Ben, you know, a week ago, uh, Ukraine fired missiles into Luhansk, destroyed a bakery, a bakery, killing 28 people, injuring 100-plus, using U.S. military weapons, by the way. They targeted and hit a two-story bakery, killing people yeah. that hasn't received the first moment of media coverage. But if a but if a terrorist gets shot and killed, a Hamas terrorist gets shot and killed in Gaza, oh man, that's breaking news. Yeah. All right, Steve, going to have to leave it there. Appreciate the insights. We'll all be watching because that will be posted on X and Tucker Carlson's website at 5 p.m. our time. Steve, Steve, thanks for dropping by. We'll catch up next week. Thanks, my friend. All right. On the other side of the break, there is drama in the State House of Tennessee. Are you shocked by that? Uh, no. There's so much drama. They could literally take TLC, take the cameras inside our State House, and the ratings would be through the roof. Because now we have a Memphis lawmaker, a Democrat, is accusing one of these so-called members of the Tennessee Three, Justin Jones, that activist, 
of charging $20 for tourists to get photos with them. Do your job. This is insane. We'll have more on the other side of the break. Don't go away. All right. So I want to talk to the singles out there and maybe anybody that, you know, we talked about the singles yesterday. So I don't want to talk to people that are single for Valentine. I want to talk to those people that just experienced a breakup. Right, their heart feels like it's been ripped out of their chest, and you know how do you go on? Right, heartbreaks are real, and so I I've got an idea. You are going to first of all call into our morning show, and you can enter your name into a big prize. And though we are obviously calling it a Valentine's giveaway, and it is, you can also receive it and give it to yourself and your broken heart. Yes, we want to cater to our married audience out there. The people that are madly in love. We want to cater to the people that are courting. Do people court or was that just a darker thing? Dylan, I don't know. Um, we want to cater to everybody. But there are people that are very sad this Valentine's Day. couple options to make you very okay. We're partnered up with Spot Collierville. You could go give yourself a treatment. We also have partnered up with Dinsel's Candies. There's no rule in the sky that says you cannot eat those candies for yourself. We also partnered up with the Nutrition Bar, which has the best Mango Mama, that's a juice, by the way, in the entire country. Number three, or number four, excuse me, Pew's Flowers, 12 roses, a dozen roses. Um, so there you go. Write down this telephone number. You be our fourth caller, and we will enter your name into that drawing, which will be revealed this coming Monday, in the last 30 minutes of the show, write it down and give us a call. Be caller number four, 901-260-5926. Number again, 901-260-5926. So as I was saying, for people that have just went through a breakup, Pizza Hut is now offering goodbye pies for Valentine's Day breakups. So they're serving a sweet yet spicy way to end your relationship before Valentine's Day. <laughs> Through February 14th, heartbreakers can send free hot honey goodbye pies to their soon-to-be ex. Ah, I don't like this. The limited edition pizza comes in a custom box with a broken pizza heart and a spot to write their name. <laughs> wow, it actually does. So this is... Um, another way they're saying to um, they they also will send a breakup text to your future ex with a good a gift card for the goodbye pie. This is insane. If you are going to break up with your lover, especially ahead of Valentine's Day, might I ask you to do it not through a pizza or a pizza in a box or a text message? Try to see that person. Do not just send them a text and say you're breaking up. That's like etiquette 101. So speaking of breakups, there is a huge old breakup in the Democratic caucus here in the state house. And it's wonderful to watch, right? Because typically Democrats, they are locked in as a party and it's always the Republicans that are fighting. Well, we have one Memphis lawmaker, Tori Harris, who is claiming that Representative Jones, one of the members of the Tennessee three, tried to charge visitors for pictures when they visit the state house. Now, WKRN in Nashville ran a story and they sat down with both of those 
sides. You have Tony Harris or Tory Harris, who is accusing Jones. And we start with that audio cut seven. There were some students who would came to advocate for um, funding for their school and they were uh, really wanted to take a photo with Representative Jones uh, and he was wanting to charge them $20 to take the photo. That's untrue. That's not true. And I hope that you reported us back and you talked to Sarah Kyle who was there. So we did. Heading back in, we jokingly said, no, no, $20 a picture. Kiddingly. Walked back in my office and had um, more what I thought was jovial conversation. So there are two accounts, as you can tell. It's a he said, he said. But then there was a staffer that was in Tori Harris's building that I guess got a little sassy and said some bad things to one of the lawmakers. We don't know what that is. But WKN, uh, um, WKRN and the reporter spoke to House Speaker Cameron Sexton about that allegation because now that staffer has been yeeted for a little while. He's facing disciplinary action. And here is that right here in cut number six. I was in the hallway and a staff member yelled at me. And that is unacceptable in this building for anyone to yell at anyone. I asked Speaker of the House Cameron Sexton about the incident. He wouldn't tell me exactly what was said, but essentially alluded that it couldn't be repeated. You just cannot say that to a member. And and so that's where we, we had discussions about. In a tweet last week, Harris alluded to someone in the building as his, quote, most ineffective colleague. My only ask is that moving forward for anybody, no matter what the legislator uh, may be wanting to do or, or accomplish, um, that we try our absolute best to leave our staff out of it. As the interview with Jones continued Tuesday, he decided to instead bring us around to ask other lawmakers, including Harris and Kyle, about the incident. You can come on this elevator. Uh, uh, I don't know if you can come, come on, Chris. Oh, allow us, please. Let's not be tablet rise. Let's be actual journalists. You can talk to Leader Camper. Let's go talk to um, Connie Ridley. Let's go talk to Sarah Kyle, because you're not going to just bombard me on the elevator and not follow up. He is such a jerk. Justin Jones, of course he's charging people $20 for a picture. Did you hear him talking to those journalists, which are not Republicans? They are activist journalists. He's like, you're not going to be tabloid journalists. You're going to do the story, and you're going to follow me, and you're going to talk to Ken Camper. And you're going to do this, and you're going to... No, that reporter should have been like, we're going straight to TMZ with you. You race-baiting fool. He is horrible. All of them are. Not all of the Democrats, because there are some good ones. Like House Minority Leader Karen Camper, who you heard in that audio, Justin Jones was like, you need to go talk to Karen. And Karen said, hell no, I'm not talking to you. And so she didn't. So no comment from Karen Camper. Maybe we'll get her on our show because she's a friend of it. But more drama in the State House. Another day, another drama. We're taking your calls and we have our fourth caller. We'll have that exchange on the other side. Don't go away. All right. Time to wake up, everyone, and rise and shine. Dylan, is the sunrise still out there? I really could use a good sunrise this morning. This, it was beautiful. Can we get that photo? So what we're going to do is I'm going to send you over the photo of this morning's sunrise. I started screaming. And it's, guys, guys, walk upstairs, look out the window. And was not it one of the most beautiful sunrises today? It was. It was such a great way to start the morning. Wonder why. Wonder why we got it this morning. Maybe we need it. It's been a crazy morning. We had someone who is... On another radio station, we find out this morning they listen to our morning show, They're much like the the rest of the city of Memphis. Yes, 
I welcome everybody to listen to Wake Up Memphis. Maybe it is why we were ranked, Dylan, number nine mm-hmm. in the country for best morning talk shows in America. There's a reason for that. Because our competition listens to our morning show. <laughs> everybody listens to the morning show. And yes, that is a flex. That's what the cool kids say. You're flexing. You're bragging. Maybe a little ego in there. No, here's the deal. If we didn't work for it, I would not be bragging. Well, because there would be no recognition. There would be no trophies on the wall. There, And we work really hard. And I think that shows in what we try to bring to the table every single morning with the guests, the prep. And that's the other thing. Yesterday, I was listening to some shows. I'll just say that. And I wanted to say, listen, prep is everything. If you're not prepping, it will come out on air. So, yeah, we talk for two hours, but a lot goes into the making of a morning show. And, of course, we couldn't do it without you guys. And we are growing by leaps and bounds every single day. Our downloads on our app are rising and our members on our Stop Memphis Crime, that's also increasing. So it's great, right? We're feeling good. Um, So let's go over to talk to Susan because I'm feeling really generous this morning. Susan, good morning. Welcome Back to the morning show. Good morning, Dan. I've got to ask, how are you? Are things well over in your neck of the woods? Yes, thank you. I'm very blessed. Everybody in my family as well. Mm. Thank you for asking. All right. I love to hear it. Well, you were caller number four, so congratulations. But you've got to answer a couple questions because now we've got you on the phone line. Are you in love this Valentine's Day? Uh, yes, I am. I'm in love with my husband. We've been married 47 years. Wait, did you say 27 or 47? Four, four, seven, 47. <sighs> wow. What's the secret to a 47-year marriage, Susan? I've got to ask. That's a long time. Well, I'm very blessed. He is a fabulous servant leader in our home, and a, a, a great husband, great dad, great grandfather. So, and and I don't know, we just seem to complete each other. We have a good time together. Aww, Dylan's over there blushing. All right, I've got to bring Dylan in, because Susan, Dylan over there is getting ready to get married. Does not have 40. I know, I'm excited. He doesn't, I'm excited for him. He doesn't have the 47 years under his belt. He has about 47 minutes. So... You're talking to Dylan right now, Susan. What is your marriage advice for my boy over there, Dylan Dandridge? Um, Dylan, I guess I'll go with the old adage, happy wife, happy life. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, Susan. (laughs) Oh, wow. All right. Well, you completed the morning. That was fantastic. Dylan, that was good advice. I'm writing down this. He, He wrote it down, Susan. All right. Stay on our phone line. Dylan is going to now write down your information because you are our lucky winner. And we'll be doing this one more time in this hour. So you guys be ready to dial. We're giving away Pew's Flowers, Digital's Chocolates, gift card at Spa Collierville, gift card at the Nutrition Bar. You call in, be a lucky winner. Your name gets thrown into our bag of contestants. We'll choose those over the weekend on Monday, the last 30 minutes of the show. You'll find out if you were the ultimate winner to win one of our cool packages with our great partnerships across the city of Memphis. Did you know that Tennessee ranks among the most naughty states in the union? We are actually one of the most sinful states. This coming across the news desk. According to a recent study, the volunteer state is the fifth most sinful state 
in America. But what does that really mean? So the study looked at what it means to be a sinful state, and it's not about what states have the most bad people or the largest group of atheists. Because actually, if that was the case, we have more churches in one region of this country than I would argue anywhere else. Have you guys noticed that? As someone who was a Yankee, I came here after college, and the first thing that I took away when I drove from Pennsylvania to my apartment downtown, there is a church on every corner. It's unbelievable, which is good, right? But we're still sinful, according to this study. The study looks at sinning. And how it has a negative financial impact on each state and the rest of the country. For example, gambling costs the U.S. about $5 billion per year, which is chump change compared to the $300 billion our country loses to smoking every year. So that's what we're we're talking about when we're talking about a state sinning. So here is why we rank number five in America. We were third for anger and hatred. That would explain the other study, which is that we are the most dangerous city in America because we shoot everybody. We are 15th in the ranking for jealousy. Number two, wow, we've got to work on this for excess and vice. We love a vice. And I guess that would include things like marijuana, though it is illegal. um, So don't do that. Smoking, drinking, gambling, right? Think the pink pony. We're number two. Greed, we ranked number 11. Lust, number five. Vanity, 29. Laziness, out of 50 states, we were 11. I am not shocked by this at all. Speaking of ethics and morality and right and wrong, we have a city councilwoman who is in some trouble because she has done something wrong, and we don't know if there was intent behind this conflict of her conduct which was that she was working with the city of Memphis, but also with one of its contracted members. And we're talking about McKaylin Eastern Thomas, a liberal radical progressive. So a complaint was filed by a citizen on January 10th. It was served the 5th. So it all goes down in front of an ethics board yesterday. And there, I'll just give you the short of it. They are not hauling her out of city hall just yet. They need to launch an investigation, and if that investigation comes back with the fact that she knew that she was conflicted in her roles as a council member and both uh, her job, her day job with the Memphis River Parks Partnership, then it will go to a full, full investigation in front of the city council, and then she could lose her job. So it's a little bit of a process, but they were trying to get to the bottom of it, and here is what that sounded like. This is the code ethics officer in the city of Memphis talking about what is to come. Cut five. Then the code requires once once the complaint is, is complete, then the chief ethics officer will evaluate the complaint and, and compare that to the law and provide a report to this board with regard to whether a full hearing should be held or that complaint should be dismissed. So we'll be following that would be very interesting. I said on the show yesterday, it doesn't really change the dynamic and the structure of this, the Memphis City Council. It would just be replaced by another radical progressive. But McKayla Eastern Thomas is one of the worst because she was the one that really pushed for the Tyree Nichols ordinances, which turned out to be very, very dangerous laws. Okay, she was the one behind those. So she she should go. 
I mean, if if she did not breach the code of ethics and the Memphis City Charter, then she can stay because the voters put her there. But if we find out that she knew her day job conflicted with her city council job, yeah, you can't do that. That is corruption, and we need to weed that out. In other news, the interfaith dinner across the city has been canceled. Now, this is hosted by the Memphis Muslim community in town, and what would have been the 17th annual interfaith dinner has been canceled due to the ongoing Israel-Hamas war. So, for those maybe not familiar with what this dinner looked like, it had, um, you know, you had a lot of people from the mayor, commissioners, city council members. Also, their big goal here, think the word interfaith, was to talk to other faith leaders across the city of Memphis. They get together for this big dinner. They called it off. Planners saying that based off the sensitivities of what is going on in Israel could make sitting down for a meal too uncomfortable. This story up by the Daily Memphian. The Memphis Islamic Center emailed its cancellation this week to more than 1,000 people, including elected officials, community leaders, and hundreds of people in the local faith community. Community. A lot of people really upset by this. They are disappointed that this dinner has been canceled. And I was reading down through the Daily Memphian piece and the organizer of one of the mosques in town, but they also put on this dinner, said this. And they're very upset with how America has responded in the wake of October 7th. Now, I will give you the quotes in its entirety so you can make this decision for yourself and have your own opinion. What happened on October 7th is not something that we are supporting. But on the other hand, what was done after October 7th to the innocent Gaza people really cannot be condoned, whether it is done by Israel with or without the support of the U.S. The fact that the U.S. itself has been one of the biggest supporters of this Supplying arms and giving them the blank check is really something we cannot reconcile in our hearts. It's very painful for us. In that email, they left the door open for an invite again. Maybe the dinner returns. They said when the time is right. So that coming from the Muslim community in town, they will not be hosting this dinner because of how sensitive it is for folks in the city. Take your calls and comments. And we kind of hit a couple different stories, but that's what we like to do is we're pushing into Friday, all right? Having some fun. More fun on the other side with the founder and creator of Arbo's Dip. He drops by the studio up next. Don't go away. So the Super Bowl is right around the corner. Did you know that? I, I know the Swifties know that. Oh, man, we're not opening that can of worms. We're going to open a can of dip, all right? Cheese dip, the best cheese dip in America. And I've had it myself. And actually, the creator and founder of Arbo's Cheese Dip joins me in studio, Andrew Arbogast. Arbogast. Ah! It's morning coffee. I'm trying to chug it this morning. Andrew, thanks for dropping by. Ben, uh, thanks for having me. And don't sweat the last name. I don't even say it right. (laughs) Arbogast. I got it. All right. So let's talk about this cheese dip. First of all, the Super Bowl. Do people come to you guys specifically? I'm sure this time of the year, it's kind of like a staple. It, It is. And the funny part, it's like it ramps up around November for Thanksgiving and December, but Normally, going into January, 
I think for a lot of businesses, sales drop afterwards, but ours just continue to climb through the Super Bowl. And then we'll hit a bit of a lull until, you know, those uh, New Year's resolutions start to fade away. I don't know if you're a data guy. You probably have someone that pulls the records of what is flying off the shelves more than others because now it's gone national. It's all over the place. Do you know, is it, do you have like the, bu- just a buffalo chicken dip or is it just a cheese dip? What is the most popular one this time of year, if you could guess? So I think if you just looked at the dip by itself, uh, the original is number one. Queso Blanco is right there behind it. Okay. And spicy, people that try spicy and can handle a little bit of heat, that's ends up being a lot of people's favorites too. So, uh, But the, the most common dip that we see people making is something called a crack chicken dip that was created by a food influencer named Matt Ramsey, and we just piggybacked with them and uh, it's on our website, several other recipes, but those are all oh, the so Super you, Bowl. Oh, so you give some recipes out there? Oh, yeah. We put them out there. We, you know, we want wow. people, we just started an email list where people can go um, sign up on our website, and every week we're sending new recipes. Is it true that you made a cameo at the CMS? It, it is. Very, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's insane. I'm friends with you on Facebook, uh, and then yeah. I saw Channel 5 did a piece. I'm like, this guy's at the CMS. You weren't singing. No, uh, okay. <laughs> I tried to beforehand, but they didn't want to uh, add that section. So um, I just got a call. I was in Walmart uh, pitching to them and won the golden ticket. And as I was leaving, I get a phone call. And it's, it's you know, uh, a talent agency through um, Crown Royal. And they do something called the Purple Back Project, where every year at the CMAs, they'll have a couple of veterans, um, specifically ones involved with a veteran nonprofit. And Bunker Labs was selected last year. Bunker Labs is a nonprofit uh, for veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. It's an incubator program connecting us to resources and um, finances and basically the whole nine. Well, Bunker Labs um, said, how about, uh, you know, for who do you want to feature, Crown Royal? And they said, you know, it's like, how about Cheese Dip? And <laughs> so, uh, you know, a week and a half before I get this call, I go down two days later and um, I film. And, you know, it's us packing the Crown Royal bags full of goodies to send to troops. And um, we I get interviewed. It took like an hour, I feel like. It was kind of a um, struggle for me. But uh, during the, the CMA's live, as part of one of the segments, not a commercial break, you know, they, they aired it. And I ended up having about 30 seconds of that one-on-one interview. Super. And it was so surreal being there. I got to bring my wife, Erin, and we were sitting like second row behind. You know, Luke Bryan was right there. You could reach out and touch Same. him, man. It was pretty crazy to see all the celebrities just crammed into one spot. Yeah, yeah. I love the CMAs. I, I think that they are one of the few bodies that haven't lost it. Obviously, their respect and homage to the veterans. It makes so much sense. Like country, they, you know, that is still why I think I like country because they still really appreciate what sacrifice was made on behalf. I mean, think of Toby Keith, for example, yeah. just passed away. Country music icon. That's it. Kind of his mojo was... We've got to have their backs because they had ours. That's it. And and I will tell you, I've, I've been able to um, be around celebrities for different events. And these country artists, they go out of their way to come up and shake your hand. And they don't care about talking about themselves. They just want to ask you questions. And, and it just is a, a very chilling feeling. And, you know, yeah, you, yeah. we look to them as kind of icons in a way. And, and they're just normal people, most of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So real quick, I wanted to talk about Bunker Labs because when I heard about that, and obviously that was highlighted at the CMAs, 
it all makes sense because as you explained to me, it's taking guys that come home and they naturally are lost and yet you give them a, a platform, a vehicle to take some of what they're dealing with and make it innovative, which is exactly your story. Share that real quick with the listeners. Man, um, when the idea came, uh, I, I ended up calling an attorney about, you know, how do I patent my recipe? He's like, you can't patent a recipe. It's like, all right, I'll just keep, try to keep it secret. And he said, uh, hey, have you heard of Bunker Labs? It's a, you know, you're a veteran entrepreneur. They're a resource for um, folks like you that basically it's free and uh, you can go and learn and, and make connections and all sorts of things. And so I just created an account and went online to one of the blogs and I was like, Hey, I've got this recipe, man. I'd like to, you know, sell it. Anyone have any input? And, and people piled on. Really? Oh yeah. That no one was like, Hey, that's a dumb idea. Like, even like investors, like anything from, inve- you know, investors, um, other veteran entrepreneurs that were also in the CPG, consumer packaged yeah. goods, uh, food, space, you know, but anybody that yeah. said, hey, I know someone that I can connect you with who's no done this. And that's how it all evolved. It's like you, there was never any time for there to be doubt mm-hmm. uh, for what I was doing because of Bunker Labs. It was like, keep going and everyone's there to boost you. Is it true that some of the inspiration behind Arbo's cheese dip is I'm eyeing it because you brought some in studio. So like... You're my favorite. Oh, yeah, brother. Um, is that it came from grandpa or dad? Dad. It's dad. Dad's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So family recipe? Family recipe. And um, I just have always um, loved it. And, my, you know, brothers, we all just ate it. And it was always in the house, in the fridge. And I started making it in high school, college. And, you know, when I started the brand and it started to kind of spread out, you know, college friends and army friends that I haven't talked to in a long time were like, was this the dip that you made back in, you know, I was like, yeah, no man, way. that's it, that's, dude, that's, that's it. That's wild. That's it. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. So the neat follow up from the last time we talked is it had already started getting picked up and it was getting big. It's gotten even bigger. It's gotten bigger it's since gotten we huge. last talked. I think when we last talked, Ben, um, we were making our way into Kroger, the the early phase of that. And um, once we got into Kroger and, and proved ourselves, then the doors opened with Publix and Walmart and Harris Teeter and Schnucks. And, and I just, we're in 22 states right now and over 2,000 stores. Wow, and I'm, crazy. I, I still have to pinch myself, as cliche as it sounds, because it, you brought up the CMAs and I'm like, oh my gosh, I did do that. That was just crazy. What? Yeah. Um, the opportunities, man. It's just the American dream. And uh, it's one of those where if you, you have to see it first to yeah, believe it. Yeah. Well, it couldn't have happened to a better guy and a patriot, a thank veteran. You, and thank you for your service. I appreciate right. that, man. Andrew Arbogast, the owner, creator of Arbos Cheese Dip. Guys, when you're planning your party and it's right around the corner Sunday, you guys have got to go to your Kroger. You could also go to local grocery stores. I know my friends over at Oh Great, Amy and Courtney would be remiss if I didn't shout them out. They just picked it up. New partners. New they partners. are amazing people. They have this uh, Poncho's tro- uh, Poncho's version tropical. I've dip. been drinking that. She they 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 delivered some to my doorstep yesterday without like it, I, I didn't order it. it off. And chicken spaghetti. They just took care of me, and um, I had that stuff out yesterday, and it's like. 
well, crack for like a better time. Yeah. No, <laughs> the kids were no. just like eating it like soup. Andrew, I I literally had nothing because they came by the studio and they brought two cases of it. Yeah, and I did not have any chips. I didn't have any like. I just chugged one of them. Oh, yeah. It was that addicting. So also plug them as well. All right. Thanks for dropping by. Thank All you, right. Ben. All right. More on the other side. How fun was that? You know, I've been seeing this tip all over and I have a couple friends have gone to some parties and you look at the dinner table or like the bar and there's Arbo. So cool to have the owner in studio this morning. All right. More on the other side. We'll get to some of your local headlines. Also, the owner of Big B Coffee is going to be dropping by. That is in Germantown, and they just celebrated one year of operating business. We'll check in with him. And then also, Miss TriStar Volunteer, that is a beauty queen, um, looks a lot better than I do. I can tell you that she's going to be live and in studio. She has a big trip coming up where she's going to be laying wreaths at the cemetery in Arlington. So we will have that conversation as well. Go to our website, miss an interview, kwamradio.com, kwamradio.com. We'll be right back. Can I count my blessings this morning? Of course I can, because it is our show, and it is always good to count your blessings. One thing that I did not expect when I took this job was the perks of getting products like Arbo's Cheese Dip. Now I'm guzzling this. This happened last week with Poncho's, the green dipping sauce from the ladies over at Il Grey. They gave me two of them, and then Andrew just dropped off two cheese dips of Arbo's. I'm also drinking mushroom juice from Raw Girls. They didn't give that to me. I had to pay, but I'm working on that. No, this is not a pay-for-play. No, these people are just great businesses, and we try to highlight the great work that they're doing, and they're very generous. So when they drop by the studio, they will just you know, give you some of their products. I am going to get fat doing this job. I'm okay with that. It just means maybe more time running. But also, I enjoy the fact that I get to broadcast and I also get to eat on air. You know those shows, the TV shows for the moms? What are they called? Dylan, um, the Today Today Show? Uh-huh. The Today Show? That's what we need to do. You know how they like sometimes have like these huge spreads? For example, Super Bowl is right around the corner. Uh-huh. And they will have like one of their celebrity chefs come in and create a spread. What we need is like a stove in there and like a table, like a a layout that we can have something so we can actually enjoy the perks of this job. (laughs) Fully to the extent of this job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So speaking of fat, all right, there is a airline that is cracking down on it. And this maybe should be implemented in the United States, though I don't expect it to happen. But they need to do something because we cannot have headlines as alarming as another plane has dropped out of the sky. I will not read another headline like that. I just It's too terrifying. So Finland's flagship airline has announced that it will begin weighing passengers with their luggage. Finnair said the move, which will be done on a voluntary basis through May, is designed to improve the balance calculations that will enhance flight safety. 
This is all about flight safety. So they will collect the data by making, you know, Tina jump on the scale. And then Tina gets scaled and weighed. And then also her carry-on bag will also be weighed. You know, typically it's 50 pounds for a bag. If it's over 50 pounds, either pay $400 or take out your toothpaste and try to get it to 49 pounds per something something. They go on to say that weighing passengers will help ensure that the airline doesn't exceed the set maximum weight that a plane can bear before it takes off. Here's how I view this. If jumping on a scale means that I will one day be able to see my family on the other side of that flight, weigh me away. I don't care. But I can tell you, if you were to ask my sister or my mom, if they were to, before get on a plane, jump on a scale, they would say, hell no, we're not doing that. Specifically my mom. So I don't know. I feel like they're going to end up in a lawsuit because what will happen is what if they're over the amount of poundage, like a bag, the bag gets thrown out. Will they start throwing out overweight passengers? Because that will be titled fat phobia, and then there will be a lawsuit. And Finnair cannot afford a lawsuit. So anyways, we'll be following this story. Um, This one also caught my attention. Thieves somehow stole a 200-foot radio tower. Now, why this is important to us is we have a radio tower that is called the transmitter site, and it is across the state line into Arkansas. If you were to take the Brig River Crossing pedestrian walk, that would be the I-55, the old bridge, you would stumble across what looks like a tower, a skyscraper, but it is not. It is our transmitter radio tower, and it's very tall. Dylan, do we know how tall it is? I don't know. It's, is it 200 feet tall? I don't know. It's very tall. So WJLX in Alabama, their AM station signal has been greatly impacted by the theft in Walker County because it was stolen, gone without a trace. Station General Manager Brett Elmore said he remains hopeful that somebody will share some helpful information to law enforcement to find those responsible for theft. So uh, just blown away by what happened. His words, I've been in the radio business around it all my life and then in it professionally for 26 years. And I can say this, I've never heard of anything like this. I can say I've seen it all now. He said when he arrived, he got a call on Friday and the person on the other end said, your tower is gone. He said, what do you mean my tower is gone? Are you sure you're at the right place? He pulls up in his vehicle. The tower is gone. Wires Everywhere. Can you imagine if Chuck went to the transmitter site and the tower was gone? I just unlocked a new fear. How, wait, how do you even do like, is there a vehicle that is big enough to carry a 200 foot radio tower? I don't think so. Well, they better be fearful. I know we have fears that now, I mean, we are literally in one of the most dangerous countries and cities in America. Yeah. Countries. Because sometimes I feel like Memphis is its own country. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a dangerous country as well as a, a whole county and city. This could be a real thing. How do we safeguard our transmitter tower? Again, I have scaled it. Have you been down there, Dill? I've been down there. I'm scared to go anywhere up. You yeah, Up is right. 
it's like a ladder to the heaven. It's like Jacob's ladder. It's like 20 stories. <laughs> That's 200 feet. I go there, and everybody's like, why is Ben going down there? I go there because if Chuck, our chief engineer, were to slip on a banana peel, it would be very bad for Chuck Condren. Yeah, we just carry around a mattress. You know, if he falls, we catch him. Outside of the fact that you have to basically wade through the Mississippi River to get to the tower. Mm-hmm. You have to sometimes take a boat. Is that correct? Because right. the when waters it rise. It's right off the banks of the Mississippi. Outside of the fear of drowning is water moccasins and rattlesnakes. Because mm-hmm. Chuck, the chief, says that he has seen on multiple occasions ginormous snakes. Bigger than, what is the snake god? Zeus? No. Mm, what's her name? I don't even know. <laughs> It's safe to say we do have security then at our tower. Yeah, the snake god. This is outrageous. Uh So it's a federal crime to steal a transmitter tower. (laughs) Elmore, Brett Elmore, the station manager, said they're working with the FCC to get temporary authority to carry on while they rebuild their AM site of their operations. They're not sure, though, the timeline of this effort and how long it could take before they could actually get back to their AM signal and its full strength. It's a very, very sad day in the country when we are losing transmitter sites. You know, it's one thing to see these smash and grab robberies. It's not acceptable, but it's easier to steal, I don't know, a product from a store. You guys see that video in Oakland, California? I don't know. It was making its round yesterday. This young thug broke into the Apple store there and stole all of the phones that were attached, you know, the model phones that you can like zoom around on and see if you want to buy. Literally pulled up them from their courts out the door. You can't do that with the transmitter site. So I want to see the surveillance video is all I'm saying. Last follow up on our story. You guys remember the little quote unquote racist Kansas City chief kid? He wasn't actually, but that was the reporting by Deadspin, a media sports company that said he was wearing blackface. Dylan, we did our research and we flipped the photo on its side and it was not blackface. He was just wearing the colors of the Kansas City Chiefs and they lost their minds, but they defamed the kid. And on air, I said, if this family doesn't take their little nine-year-old, meet with their attorneys and throw the book at Deadspin, that's a loss for them because this nine-year-old, if he is successful in this lawsuit against Deadspin, will never have to work for the rest of his life because there was a crooked race-baiting journalist over at Deadspin and wanted to get clicks. So they take a picture of the kid. It was only one side of his face. They got and captured the black side. They did not reveal that on the other side of the photo, it was red. Again, he was a very loyal Kansas City Chiefs fan and they tried to destroy him. And it looks like the joke's on Deadspin because they're getting ready to be destroyed. Hopefully All right, well, they gave him tickets to the Super Bowl. I, I certainly hope so. But that could be a conflict of interest for Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know, because she is a social justice warrior and you couldn't side with one of your boyfriend's most loyal fans, this little nine-year-old that was wearing the headdress. That's the other issue. You can't do that anymore, apparently. Do you think Taylor Swift is actually... A fan. That is such a great. I'm thinking out loud now because they have tried to change the names of the Kansas City Chiefs for years mm-hmm. because it is, I guess, it's disrespectful yeah. to Native Americans and Indian people. She's dating one of those men. 
Does that make her this is a, by this association is a conflict of interest? Does this make her by association a racist? We may get a name change very soon. <sighs> Don't let those Swifties. It's going to be something origins. Swift, probably. Absolutely. Have Swift in it. All right. Kansas City Swifts. Don't let those Warriors go after Taylor Swift and the origins of this team because they will have a name change by Friday morning. I can tell you that right now. They're not to be messed with. All right, more on the other side. Don't go away. And welcome back to the morning show. Very excited to welcome in my next guest. And I just want to jump right into it for sake of time. Lydia Fisher. Do you guys know her? She's all around town. I was watching the big parade recently. I think it was the Christmas parade. It was, I think you're thinking of the the Liberty Bowl parade. The Liberty Bowl parade. Yes, that was just like literally um, in December. Yeah, into December. And I'm watching it and there's this girl on top of a car like sitting on it like pageant girls do like super screwing pretty, the light bulb that's super the way. pretty people do i remember because i was a little kid that grew up in a small town <laughs> and there would be like miss cookie miss cookie was so beautiful so anyways we have a very beautiful person i can still say that can't i miss tristar volunteer Lydia Fisher, live and in studio. Good morning. Good morning, Ben. How are you? I have a lot of coffee inside of me, so how are you doing? Well, I have a lot of ghost energy drinks inside of me, so What's I'm feeling... What's a ghost energy drink? Well, it's just some... It's a, a certain brand of energy okay. drink, so caffeine, it's, it's a very key, vital thing. <laughs> so let's talk about your big trip coming up, and I want everybody to go to our website. If you go to kwamradio.com, the second story is all about what my next guest, the guest I'm talking to, Lydia, is getting ready to do. You're going to D.C. I am. Tell us about it. Well, I will be traveling to D.C. February 14th through the 18th. And on the 17th of February, I'll be laying a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier at Arlington National Cemetery, which I'm so excited about. As it's mentioned in my article, I'm the granddaughter of an Army paratrooper, and my uncle served as a dentist and a captain in the Army, so I have that personal connection to it's in it. The history. Yes. And family history. Just family history and that honor to be able to honor the veterans who are unfortunately, like, unfortunately unable to make it home and those who are not remembered, but we still are able to remember them by placing that wreath right. and that small action of gratitude. Have you been there before? I have not. I it's going to blow I went, your mind. I went to D.C. when I was about seven years old, so I wasn't able to appreciate it then, but now that I'm having this opportunity to go back, it's going to hit home in a whole other way. Yeah, you're also not only laying a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, I understand you're going to go to the White House. You'll also be <laughs> with some of the Tennessee delegation, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Yes, Senator Marsha Blackburn, her team was very kind to organize a tour of the Capitol as well as the tour of the White House. And I'm also in contact with Senator Haggerty's team to be able to spread the word about the cause that I am also fundraising for the Shelby County Veterans Court Foundation by being able to, like unfortunately, Senator Haggerty would not be present because they are going to be in recess. Ah. But I will be able to talk with many of his legislative aides who do a lot of the dirt, a lot of the nitty-gritty work for yeah. our, our senators, yeah. so they're very much appreciated. Speaking to Miss Tristar, Tristar, excuse me, volunteer Lydia Fisher, she is in D- She is live in studio. We're talking about her big trip going to D.C. where she will honor our veterans. Um, I will say personally, I was able to go to the Tennessee Veterans Cemetery, and that was remarkable. Yes. Um, to see 
so many people that paid that ultimate sacrifice, and those are those that have gone on. An interesting fact that really blew my mind, and I know you can speak more to this, Mm -hmm. is we have the largest veteran population in the volunteer state, and yet some of the littlest resources for them. It's true. Like When I see on the corner of the streets, I see someone with a sign who's homeless who says that they were a veteran. It just breaks my heart that people who lay down their lives, who risk so much for our country and our freedom, are not given the the treatment that they are de- they deserve, which is why I'm so grateful for the Shelby County Veterans Court, which my family, we've been involved with them and have helped their their uh, veterans who are going through the program be able to get jobs because having a job and having that support system, people who care, help get them back right on track is something that makes all of the difference. So talking a little bit more about the Shelby County Veterans Treatment Court, you're with the foundation, correct? Correct. The Veterans Court, it's a federal body, so I can't give them money I, I can't raise money for the court specifically because it's a federal body. They need federal funding, which mm-hmm. is why I'm grateful for that opportunity to talk with Haggerty's Eggs. But the, the treatment court, they of uh, the foundation, they're able to fundraise as a nonprofit okay. body. Good. So they're partnering up with you. Yes. Yes. The, the trip to D.C. Yes. Um, it is really neat. And I think you should, if you have time, go over to their website. Again, all of this information in this story on our website, Mighty990.com. Also, ways to send and help Lydia go to Washington, D.C. to represent everybody back in this area as we honor those that paid the ultimate sacrifice. I think it's really important to do that. So go donate, help our friend Lydia out. And why I say friend is because not only is she a beauty queen, she's also KOM's latest employee. I know. I have two two titles, Lydia, the call screener and Miss TriStar Volunteer. Miss KOM. There we go. (laughs) Miss KOM. We could do a beauty pageant here, and I can promise you right now, you would win it because you are outnumbered like 10 to 1. I don't know. I think you probably give me a run for my money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very kind of you. All right. So talk about your journey into this world of pageantry. Well, was it something you did when you were two? Or I, I wish sometimes I wish I could go back and make that first jump into pageantry when I was very young. But I did grow up watching Miss America, Miss USA. I'd have watch parties with a family friend who was the one who inspired me to want to get involved. Her name was Kathy Manning. She was a former Miss Mississippi back in 1984. She was second runner up at Miss America. We all say she should have won, but. You just never know. She was a kind lady who always believed in me that I could do that one day, but I just never found the right time. Of course, there's never the right time to be able to do it. But when I turned about 20, it was about a sophomore in college. I just went to see a local pageant in person and just felt inspired that, Lydia, it's time for you to take that first step. So about five years ago, I did my first local and five years later, here we are. You went to the University of Memphis. Did I they have did. a degree in like this or no? A degree in pageantry. That wouldn't that be something? Because uh, it, it, it is a science. It is, it is a, a science. science. And so much work. I mean, n- you need a syllabi. You need the courses. You also have to spend some money. Right. It could be a whole BA. Like it, it, it should. <laughs> like maybe we should need to pitch that. <laughs> but um, So you go to the University of Memphis. I did. I had. I have a degree in musical theater, my BFA in musical theater. I love to perform on stage, which 
when you think of pageantry, you think, oh, I have to have a talent. My talent is singing. I I tried the dancing route, but I have two left feet. You might, and we had those pageant opening numbers, a little razzle dazzle. You may be looking at her like, what is she doing? But I love the aspect of performing on stage. And then the public speaking aspect, it was not something that was easy for me. And that is really what helps win in the interview room. You have to be able to sh- uh, show who you are and that you're someone who can be trusted with this opportunity is it to like be. like a job interview kind of? Exactly. They just grill you? Exactly. And you see, you, I saw, did you see that uh, article a couple weeks ago where Unfortunately, people in our generation, we're not given the skills needed to be able to handle job interview skills. No, no we like, get in front of people and we crack. We crack yeah. and just... I cracked. Like I think of beauty queens, we are the type of women who are grace under pressure. Mm-hmm. That is how it, they're able... Pageantries, it's so much more than winning a crown. When you're able to get these skills and apply them in everyday life, that's where you really win. Yeah. Um, I've got to ask... Do you have to do this swimsuit competition? Yes, I know that's controversial. I know that's controversial. I wasn't sure if they still did that. We do. We do. Miss Tennessee Volunteer, we have talent. We have interview, evening gown, and fitness, and a top five onstage question. Okay. Where is one of your favorite places to work out in the city? Well, I actually work out at Crunch. I just had a little uh, cardio workout at Crunch down the road. Nice. This is a rapid fire. My (laughs) third question we're going through. Answer quickly. Okay. When they place the crown on your head, which has happened to you, <laughs> what do you have to rehearse that or is that real? You know how like the girls start crying and stuff? Well, we also were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But then in that moment, you, my, your mind just goes blank and you've seen my crowning pictures. I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. We'll be following your journey because what's up next? What's up next? Uh, Well, my trip to D.C., of course, but uh, on top of making other appearances in the community on behalf of the Veterans Court Foundation and my personal platform, Lydia's Light, where I I advocate for students with learning disabilities, I'll continue my work with that. But if anyone wants to follow my journey to Miss Tennessee Volunteer, it will be held uh, July 24th to the 27th at the Carl Perkins Civic Center in Jackson, Tennessee. Miss Tennessee Volunteer. How cool is that? All right, Lydia, thanks for dropping by. I'll see you in two seconds on the other side of work. (laughs) All right, it was fun. Lydia Fisher, go to our website, kwamradio.com. Everything you need to know about her journey is there, and you can help Lydia get to D.C. and continue doing the great work for our veterans there. Have a great day. We'll talk tomorrow at 7.